Hello. Alex Agut and Rafa Jimenez Sabine had a history of working together before they developed their Bitcoin SV wallet, Handcash. Part of their strength as a team is that they're not just Bitcoiners, as Alex puts it. When I met them at the recent CoinGeek conference in Toronto, I asked them about their partnership, and they told me how they ruthlessly act on customer feedback in their product design. It turns out that Handcash began with a futuristic idea for mobile phones that they'd seen on Black Mirror. Rafa managed to develop it in real life and then tweaked the idea into a Bitcoin wallet. And the rest is history. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. A few years ago, I posted a message on Facebook that I needed a developer for, for, you know, for creating a startup that I had an idea with. And Rafa appeared with one of his friends and we started the company together and we have had a few startups and companies and products together since uh, for a few years. And now we are here working on Bitcoin. And you were, you were a developer, Rafa? Yeah. Uh, yeah my, my background is I've been working in different kind of industries, like artificial intelligence, and developing every kind of apps for Android, for iOS, for desktop, also for web. You've worked for big companies as well as startups then? Yeah, mostly in startups, yeah. but also in consulting. We've been working also together in Accenture in artificial intelligence. And I think this is one of the things that makes the difference, how Hankas is different, because our vision is not, we are not like Bitcoiners. So you'd already worked together on different startups. Uh, How did you get involved in Bitcoin then? Well, we were very curious about maybe integrating Bitcoin in one of our earlier startups. And, but we, thought that it was too complicated to even bother about it and because also there, there wasn't many adoption at all. So we just tried to, we, wait, we waited a couple of years until, you know, we, we were working in, in Accenture, leading the AI department. Uh, but, you know, we, we have always been very used to the startup, uh, the, to working 24 hours a day in a startup. So having a nine to, nine to five job was kind of it was not that it was boring, but we needed more action. So we started. So we kind of revisited Bitcoin in the summer of two thousand seventeen when we moved to uh, moved to Madrid. And, and where, where where did you move from? Uh, from Valencia. Oh, I well, see. Well, from the region of Valencia. Yeah. We just moved to Madrid and we started looking at Bitcoin and saw that, well, they say that this is electronic cash, but it doesn't work like cash at all. It looks like a very complicated banking app or something for developers, super complicated. So we, we thought, why cannot we create a great product that's, you know, it's focused on, on sending money by NFC? Because we are already have a problem. NFC? NFC is contactless payments. You know, oh, we yes. approach yeah. your phones. Right. So our first idea was just, uh, can we, uh, this was the hypothesis, can we create a great user experience by transferring Bitcoin by approaching your phones so it works like electronic cash? And we developed a quick, uh, a quick mock-up. The mock-up then led to our first prototype, an MVP. But, and it worked great, and we started showing it everywhere on Reddit and Twitter, and now we're here. Creating a prototype like that sounds incredibly difficult. How, how difficult was it? There's, we need to go back to the, 
one of the products that we were working before, because we saw in one of the Black Netflix Mirror. originals called uh, Black Mirror, <laughs> and in one of these episodes, there was because they are they used to be futuristic, and there was like a mm, swipe contact app. So people just by approaching the phones, they could swap their contact information. Mm. And it was just a really cool concept that we saw and we tried to replicate. So we already had the technology to, let's say, swap information using NFC. And we just had to replace information with addresses. But so you saw something, you saw something on Black Mirror. Yeah. And then you managed to invent it. Yes. What was how that sounds like it would be difficult anyway. But the secret ingredient with this and why we can accomplish these kind of things just being uh, a couple of guys from Spain <laughs> is, is that uh, we are very focus driven and we we don't want to do too much. We just want to, it's not because we're lazy, which we are not, but we try okay. <laughs> But we try to focus on one problem at a time yeah. and we try to create where's the value proposition in this and just try to make that value proposition work and the rest is accessory so we can maybe in two or three days focus on just one feature and create a pro one problem that just has one feature to demonstrate uh, if we are right or not with our hypothesis and then maybe we can iterate um, on that so you created a way to transfer contacts between two people i mean that could have been a product in itself then. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know why. We finally didn't release this yeah. app. I don't know. It was ready to launch and we just didn't, I don't know. Yeah, it's just more, because it's the challenge of... That's one multi-billion multi company that you <laughs> could have created. <laughs> we have had many, many of them. Like, you know, like the, the Pokemon Radar, it was, that was amazing. That was a huge success. The thing is that we got shut down by, by Google ultimately. Oh, but, yeah, but it was fun. It was our four, four or five days of development. We designed the whole thing, marketed. Okay. I yeah, I ran the PR stuff and contacted. Um, and what was it exactly? Huh? What was it? And it was a um, when when they released Pokemon Go, this game that yeah. they were catching Pokemon on the streets. Uh, the problem was that you had to just wander around the city to find the Pokemon that you wanted. Yes. So what we did is that. As Pokemon were uh, spawning in a random fashion, we created an app that was looking for Pokemon uh, while the while you were not looking at the phone, and you kind of selected which Pokemon you wanted to be alerted when they appeared nearby. So they uh, they alerted you with enough time to go to that place, and they show you in the map in Google Maps. They show you where where to go. So you could you could see Pokemon's. That were some distance from the phone that yeah. most people wouldn't normally be able to exactly. see. Exactly, exactly, and people loved it. And with that project, one of the things that we learned is how powerful PR is. And and, and if you create a great product that people love, they're going to recommend it. But but then, so what went wrong with that? Google. Uh, yeah, because we relied on another company that was kind of hacking their Google services uh, servers to to get the, this information oh, because it wasn't publicly uh, available. Yeah. And we just said like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll try, let's see if, if they allow it or so. But we got a few, you know, seasonal NPCs letters from, <laughs> from Google. Anyway, right. it, was it wasn't really your fault. Very, very polite people, so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it was worth it. And, and we, we had a lot of fun during those days. And it was a great challenge and we learned a lot in those, I mean, 
when you are like 24 hours uh, a day, five days straight working on something, and it, it I think it wor it always worked because we uh, working together it, it has always worked because I, I have always been kind of the, the business guy. He's always been this kind of very methodical uh, developer, and we learn from each other both mm -hmm. things. And we are very interested right now in, in branding and marketing. And I think it works because we understand and respect each other. And also we are complementary. We are now trying to do the same thing. Right, so, so just going back into the story then, yeah. the, po the, po the Pokemon Go thing yeah. also taught you about the what you can do with mobile phones yeah. in terms of their relation to the environment they were in and so on. Yeah. And, and so, so, then, so then along comes Bitcoin. And what did you think about that? We thought that it was a fantastic technology, but the, it, it was, you know, what people were using, it was the raw material. It's like, yeah, it's like trying to, it's like if you wanted to push for aluminum adoption and people are not going to buy aluminum in chunks. Aluminum is great for what you can do with it, but people are not going to buy aluminum. So I, I think we needed this tertiary um, sector in Bitcoin. We needed to create polished products and create great experiences. And we can, I, I mean, we don't hate legacy addresses or QR codes or whatever, but I think those are things that have to remain at the development side and the users don't even have to worry about that. Right. So how did you tackle getting hand cash going? We were focused on, like what we detected that were the three pains in the in the Bitcoin ecosystem, I think it was the backups. Um, how you can send online using addresses because we don't like addresses, and the other thing is how we can improve the in-person payments. Mm. So like trying to um, release something that can solve these three pains and with solutions that we thought at the time that were valid. So the idea is, let's try to work on something very quickly, release it to the market, see if it's adopted or not, because, you know, when you have an idea, it's just an idea, and maybe it sounds really good yeah. in your mind, but... So, we just try to focus on these three things. We also were uh, full-time working on a different company, so, you know. And so how long did that take? Oof. So, four or five months like until four we months. The, the, the first hmm. beta. Because the thing that makes, makes me wonder is, if you, if you produce an app that's a game or something and people can download it and it doesn't work, it doesn't really matter. But here we're talking about money, exactly. and that must make it a lot more stressful and yes. How did how did that's, that how did that impact you? That's why the first release was on testnet. Yeah. So the, which is the, which is the sort of parallel Bitcoin yeah, it's like network that yeah is, Bitcoin has like different networks. Yes. They work the same, but the value of the coins in the testnet is like zero. It just makes it's fake money. Fake money, right? Yeah. 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 Technically, technically, it's the same, but yeah. it doesn't have Right, so in a way, that's good because it does give you an environment where you can make sure it's, everything is exactly. working. So you can test all the features and, and all the, the hypotheses that you have. 
and you just launch a product and see if people know how to interact with it, if they respond well to the features. And one example of this is that we have, we, we thought this was the coolest thing that Handcast had, but it seems like uh, users didn't find it valuable for some reason. It was that you could actually create uh, backups of your wallet inside NFC tags. And that's awesome because I, I, I still have my backup on a, on a shelf in a, in a sticker. And I mean, I only need to approach my phone and I recover my, my, my wallet. That's much more simpler than the full boards and all that stuff, but nobody wanted to use it. I don't know why, but they did. maybe we didn't use the right words. Maybe we didn't use the right format. Maybe they people didn't have, I don't know. I mean, technology is only half of the story. Exactly. It's a, in the end, we only want to, to use what people find it valuable. And, and you know, value is subjective. So you released the first product. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that we were the first to release a Bitcoin wallet that didn't have confirmations, didn't sh didn't display the confirmations, and now nobody displays the confirmations anymore. And we did the same with the handles. And I think at least I don't know if we are the, perceived by people the the best product the Bitcoin aware or the best wallet. I don't know, but. What I'm very satisfied for is that our users keep using our app and recommend it. And also that I, I think that we are still, uh, at least we are inspiring others in this community to, to, to make a strong push for having a great user experience. Because in the end, we are not developing this for Bitcoin's sake. We are developing this for, for, for people. Uh, there's a sort of funny thing that goes on on Twitter in relation to hand cash, which is that when somebody gets a wallet for the first time, yeah. uh, they put on Twitter, please send some money to this person so to encourage them. Yeah. That's quite a nice little marketing it's exercise, nice. isn't it? It's beautiful. But, but that is PR. It's, no, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, yeah. Because it's not something, it's not even something that we try to incentivize in the community. It just happens. Yeah. They, they just like it, and that's what's special and magic. And, and do the, 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 maybe you don't know the answer to this, but do the people who, whose hand cash handle is, are advertised in that way, do they get money? They get, and they get a lot of money, and they, that makes them very, you know... Happy. They, <laughs> not just happy, but that, that creates a bond. Yes. That, that, exp that first experience creates a, a bond with our brand. Yes. And everyone in, this, in our community, you know, they're very friendly with each other mm. and we have this kind of very good vibe with our users. Yes. And that what, that's what ultimately made us realize that our slogan is the Bitcoin wallet you can recommend. Because people feel, feel that we are creating this tool that makes them, you know, that gives them this superpower. Like <laughs> they can recommend something yeah. great about Bitcoin that, that their mothers or, you, or friends can use. And that's, we're empowering them. It's not, it's not about us. It's not about hand cash or our success. Mm. It's about how, how can we empower them to, to be, you know, to be happy about trying to share something which they, they uh, love. It's a great thing to have that feeling amongst your customers. It's awesome. When you get much bigger, that is the kind of thing that tends to get lost, isn't it? It happens in the company lose the essence of what they are, yeah. what's the mission in the world. And yeah. this is what, because sometimes 
we have talked about this is that people not always is buying your product or your service. Maybe it's, it's the why, the what's behind this product, what's your goal, what's your vision, what's your, yes. where are your values. Yeah. So this kind of thing, because I think maybe for Google it doesn't exist anymore, but well, for I Tesla, for, for, Tesla, Tesla or, or Apple. Apple. Mm. So we think, yeah, we those are the kind of, I, I mean, those are the two companies that we want to to be like. We would like to be the the, the Tesla of money. Yeah, I know it's ambitious, but it's what we feel like. Well, those are, those are both companies that actually sell you physical goods. Mm -hmm. Whereas, aren't you in a way more like Google, where you sell something which is intangible? The comparison with Tesla, for instance, is first of all because they are a vertical. Everything, everything oh, they see. deal is like, let's say, a closed ecosystem, mm. so they can mm. control everything that yeah. is happening. And the second thing is that they are proving that, or their goal is not to create the best electric car, but the best car. You, and because it is electric, so because they believe in that. So exactly. we want to create the world's best money be, uh, with Bitcoin, not because it is Bitcoin, but um, I mean, not the, the why is not trying to create the best Bitcoin product. The goal is to create the best money product, but it just happens that the best choice for that is Bitcoin. Do you think that if everything goes well, in five or ten years' time, Handcash will be a very big company with hundreds of staff. I I hope so, and I think so because um, I think our our goal is not the products by itself. I mean, you can always iterate your products or change your products if if maybe they don't you don't get the market fit the right market fit. But I think we have the the vision and we are one of the few that understand what is uh, being a startup and not finding the right tools to you know to monetize early bitcoin is a great tool for startups and any small company to start monetizing fast and 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 that's one of the things that are missing in this in, in this in, in the world there's no easy way to do it to do it and i think the only way to do it right now is with Bitcoin. For monetizing a site where you are maybe charging one cent, five cents, ten cents, three cents, or integrating micropayments in a game. So you can just imagine that you can create with with Bitcoin, you can create an economy inside an economy. Imagine a virtual reality game where you are a kind of like Age of Empires. I don't know if you are familiar with that game. So Maybe imagine a, a massive multiplayer online game that's uh, based on Age of Empires, but every player is uh, uh, every every character is one player, one person. And imagine that my mother can, for example, be earning real money by chopping virtual wood and selling it inside the game to another guy, and that guy creates a, a sword or whatever and sells it to. So, I mean, with Bitcoin, you can create this kind of real player, ready player one, um, virtual worlds and economies. And that's what we are, that's our focus is on trying to create that reality. That's super exciting. Now you have the capability to stream money. And that's uh, that's a very tricky uh, concept to, to work, work, wrap your, your brain around that. But you can basically with Bitcoin stream money. And that's awesome. And do you think that the hardest part will be 
organizing the sort of money and the legal and the regulatory part of it. I think we have to work together with governments because when we have new technologies or new businesses, mm. there's no regulation because mm. no one has ever thought of yeah. how things should be, you know. So I think we have many examples of, of this. For me, it's Airbnb, Uber, yeah. all these new economy with new businesses and new things, and they have to work together with governments to find the balance between the society, the economy, you know, all these. Yeah. And, I, and I also, I do think that our biggest challenge comes from the regulatory part. I mean, uh, we'll just obey any law that comes in, and we will try to work with regulators to get uh, the, the most favorable law possible, and we will try to work in advance before it's imposed in imposed to us, I think we can get some input on why do we need certain regulations to, to be to be in or certain regulations might be hurting the ecosystem. So I think we, uh, we I think we can have an input on that. But I think our biggest uh, the biggest challenge I think is making the right business deals and finding the right niches and you know because you're gonna be be working very hard towards something and and just not with the right companies or not in the right sector or in the right niche. And if somebody's listening to this, what kind of a business would you like to hear from who would like to work with you? Oh, we have many on this. Well, any video game, startup or social app, you yeah. can integrate micropayments and yeah. Steam or Origin, one of these game portals or Xbox, uh, Xbox, uh, the Xbox division. Um, well, anyway, uh, Microsoft, yeah. Xbox, yeah. or... And w w when something like Xbox wants to work with you, do they have, I mean, w would that require some special deal, or is there any way that they can just sort of use your service because it's out there? Yeah, it's like part of, it's, we have a product that is Casper, that is this API that other businesses can use to integrate micropayments. Mm -hmm. They don't have to, care about Bitcoin yeah. because right. we provide the abstraction to just send money from one person to another person. It's like the proposal is yeah. providing a payment solutions with very low fees that enables the micropayments and make them possible. So you might just switch on one morning and discover that some big company is using your services. I hope so. Someday it will happen. Sure. Uh, we will we will try our best. I mean, we 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 have this vision of where we want to go and where where do we want to get. But what we are not married is the how how to get there. I mean, if we find find that one of our business models is wrong or a product is not you know we don't get market fit for one of our products, we can always change uh, you know the approach or something. But the goal has to be the same and have the same culture company um, and you know having the same ideas and principles and I think that's something that I'm very faithful that, that it will lead us to create something pretty big with Angus. Great, fantastic. Thank you both very much indeed. It's really interesting. Thank Thanks. You. Thank you. Thanks very much to Alex and Rafa from Handcash, and apologies for the sound quality on our interview. Unfortunately, I had a problem with my audio recorder. 
By the way, if you're only listening to this as a podcast, you can also watch the video on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can also just listen on your bike or in the car, perhaps, by subscribing to CoinGeek Conversations from your podcast provider. Thanks and goodbye till next week.